ladies and gents. What's good, people? It's Reg. It's Stone. And welcome to What 100 Reparations. We are your hosts. Right now, for all that white guilt flying around, instead of trashing the van stores, we ask you to donate to us, black people, directly. We take credit cards, we take PayPal, we take Bitcoin. All the money you give to us, we guarantee will go to black people. All that guilt you feel, give it to us. Alleviate your soul. Feel better about the world and know that somehow, some way, you're paying us back for all that white supremacy. Thank you. There's actually somebody doing that. Like, Oh, uh, really? Yeah, if you follow, um, I think it's Aaron Phillip, Aaron uh, underscore Phillip on, on IG. Basically, they're just saying like, oh, this black trans woman needs like, three thousand dollars to pay her car note or whatever here's her cash app like oh it, nice <laughs> awesome oh, it's literally awesome. it's literally just that like oh this person needs like two grand to pay their rent here's their cash app here's their venmo oh, so it's awesome. already happening fam it's already oh, happening awesome. the revolution will be paypal <laughs> you know black people are like i wouldn't say we're winning but uh, it's been a crazy week and a half, fam. It's, it's been a crazy week and a half to be black in America. Like, the first week was like, oh, shit, we're still getting beat down by cops. You know, we still are, like, losing to coronavirus. We're still losing to, like, you know, jobs and shit like that. And now, like, the second week, it's just been Pander City. Pandering left and right. It's like... I- <laughs> I'm I'm kind of mad the pandemic is still happening because I would just want to go outside and just soak this all in. You know what I'm saying? Like, imagine the free drinks we're missing out on. You know what I'm saying? It's it's just fucking, damn it, man. I'd be out there living living large, living like the fucking 90s and shit, doing my PDD dance, getting free bottles of Ciroc and shit. This is crazy. You know, I'm just kind of like, part of me is just like, what's the catch? What's the catch? Always a catch. Like, there's got to be a catch. There's got to be a catch. Like, it's... I don't know. It's just I I am so negative about this country that I can't I can't be positive. <laughs> I, I can't. Like the the catch is like okay cool you know what we'll give you some coin but you get four more years of Trump like like maybe that's a, <laughs> maybe that's a catch. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But it, it, it's it's kind of crazy to kind of see we're just talking about protests like. Um, you know, we like we both observe protests that are like 70, 80 percent white people walking through Bed-Stuy, walking through Brooklyn. Um, it's just it's it's really insane to kind of see like the energy outside and uh, all across America. It's just really, really ridiculous uh, in the middle in the middle of the pandemic. Right. So but we're going to talk about music because music is really interesting. And it's a very interesting lens to look into this with, right? Um. <laughs> We've got protest anthems. You're about to lose your job. We've got everything ties together. Everything goes in. Bitch, move, get out of the way, Ludacris. You know what I'm saying? All, all these little songs popping in the streets. Yeah. And, you know, it's really interesting because, you know, you and I, we've been, we've been arbiters of black music. I feel like American music is black music. Um, and, you know, you have all of these uh, labels kind of coming out and saying okay cool yeah like we believe in black music here's like a hundred million dollars like sony right 
Um, here's a black photo on our, on our <laughs> IG, our black square on our IG. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, which is really interesting. Um, there's some artists that have been calling out the labels to kind of do more. Um, I don't know. I, there's a list of, I'm sure there's a list of like labels. My, my favorite that, was a uh, weekend of all people weekend who yeah. plays the, the, the narcissistic, the narcissistic scumbag on his records, you know, stealing your girls, stealing your drugs, stealing your money. Even he was on some like, look, bruh, <laughs> I give some money. Maybe you guys should give us some masters. Maybe you guys should give us some stuff back also. Yeah. And that's the thing, you know, like not just the labels, but all of corporate America. It's like Black Square, Black Lives Matter. Like it's it's crazy to me. Like Black Lives Matter, three years ago was like a controversial term, and now it's like um, shit. Who was it? Um, it's like now and later or something like that. Like like some like candy <laughs> company was like Black Lives Matter with the, like the black background and the white text, and we support all black people. Like now it's literally just it's 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 like the latest hashtag, right? It, it's like it's like FOMO. Like everybody needs to say Black Lives Matter, right? It, it's it's super insane. Although it's funny too because like now I'm like looking, I'm googling all of like the brands that I use, and I'm just kind of like, yo, like do you think Black Lives Matter? Like King Arthur <laughs> Flower, right? King Arthur Flower. I'm like, oh, like let me check your IG. <laughs> <laughs> but but the problem is obviously and especially with the music industry um it's one thing to like donate money and it's another thing to like you know whatever but you know i think the weekend is i think he makes a good point it's like it's not a cool like that's a tax break for you what about empowering artists and empowering artists of color especially in this moment um, you screwed over so many artists. Um, it's funny, like somebody like Leo Cohen, like come out and saying Black Lives Matter. Like, fam, but you screwed over so many artists. Yeah. <laughs> With these jacked up 360 deals. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, 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 where, where, where's that action at? You know. Yeah. No, it's it's all performative like wokeness, and it's like, and don't get me wrong. Like you said, the idea that Black Lives Matter. And it's an unfortunate thing, but it's a it's an end, I guess, is working out where it went from something that was almost a slur and seen as, you know, oddly enough, like Black Panthers in the 60s. But now it's a phrase that's accepted. You know, people are kind of marching out there. People are kind of trying to fight for, quote unquote, justice and equality. It's I like you said, it's something where I haven't seen. And, and, and not to be funny, there's been continuous marches for, you know, pol- regarding police brutality, but I've never seen anything on this scale. And never seen any that, you know, where it's a wide variety of people. We've kind of been joking about how, you know, the protests are fucking mainly white in New York City. But even that's just a positive where you see, like, you know, I've seen things where, you know, it looks like a whole bunch of queer women in Park Slope. It looks like a whole bunch of, like, weird hipster kids in fucking Bed-Stuy. You know, I was, when I, on Sunday I went to when I was in near 79th Street, near 79th Precinct in, um, Deep in Bed-Stuy, it was mainly black folks that had a little gospel thing happening. It's something where it's a, a wide demographic, so it's kind of cool kind of seeing this change. At the same time, it's very easy where, you know, it's summer, you know, everybody's working from home. They kind of go out there, march, get your selfies, feel really good about what you've done, and still underplay your black employees back at the fucking office. You know what I'm saying? 
Yeah, oh, no, de- definitely, definitely. And, and I think the second part of this movement is calling out the people who are trying to, to be woke, right? And you're seeing that with, um, you know, this is not music, but, you know, like Bon Appetit, right? Like the yeah. dude's like, oh, Black Lives Matter. And then, like, the next day de- denied uh, his black assistant a raise, right? Um, so now it's just kind of like, all right, cool, like, you know, F you, pay me, basically. Um, which is, I think it's going to be very interesting in the music industry because, again, like, the music is, is very much, like, you know, a lot of these white people have pretty much built their careers off of black bodies, right? So I think that's going to be the most interesting thing um, to come out of this. I think, I think that, you know, the protests are... Um, are beneficial. I do think like this is a very interesting moment. Um, but I, you know, I, I really hope that we continue to press these companies, um, to really make real change. And I, and I think that's going to be the real revolution, right? When artists get to own their masters, when more executives of color are hired, not because, they're a black face or a brown face, but because they're actually, <laughs> they've been capable all this time. <laughs> yeah. You know, and they're hired as VPs, as C-suite, like things like that, right? I feel like that's going to be very interesting um, in, in, in the music industry. Um, but, you know, you know what's really interesting, though? It's just like, it is kind of interesting to see, like, Who's giving the money? Like, like I want to skip down the notes here, but like BTS donating a million dollars, <laughs> you know, to Black Lives Matter, and then the most interesting thing is like their fan base, yes, also matched a million dollars, right? Matched a million dollars. They've been doing. They've been doing anonymous, like the you know the hacktivists anonymous. They've been doing that work. Is it's like there's been a couple of times when like various police departments were like, you know, please upload you know any any images of 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 of, of violence and yada yada yada. Basically trying to ask the public to help snitch on protesters, and they kill those servers. There was a period of time where they had a, I think it was a white privilege or some kind of coded hashtag and they took that bitch over and it was all fucking k-pop videos yo it's crazy because it, it's really interesting because i know some black people who are very kind of active in the k-pop space uh and that fan base you know is actually kind of racist <laughs> <laughs> you know so it's actually kind of interesting to see um, you know, like this happened, but I think this is a very interesting. Again, like it's very unexpected. Did not expect like BTS to like kind of do this, but I feel like they've activated their fans in a way that like nobody else is doing, and I I I gotta give them credit for that. Like that that's really incredible. Again, it's not about just giving the money, but it's also like disrupting all of these kind of systems. Um, police systems, you know, media systems, and activating your fan base to kind of like actually make real change, and that and that's crazy. Uh, I, I'm, I mean, I'm speechless. I'm really kind of speechless um, at something like that happening um, to the point where you know it's, it's really interesting. Like, I feel like we're joking about Taylor Swift. But t- tell us what was the first person to actually use the word like the first like artist of record 
our major RCs or like white supremacy in this whole moment, right? And I feel like once once they saw Taylor Swift doing it, it was like it was is open season. <laughs> yes, I I think it's it's the idea of. And I mean, it's it's unfortunate because you figure that I, at this point, at this stage in the game, people will kind of follow the consciousness. I mean, but but uh, but the conscience, sorry. But uh, it's the idea of where, like, you know, once that well kind of opened up, it's like you're either with us or against us, I think, is the, is the popular thing. And it's very good that people, a lot of people are kind of following the movement. They're into the movement. They're kind of putting their, putting, you know, showing up. Like you said, though, it's, it's the, I think it's doing a little deeper. It's very easy to kind of say, you know, you know, Black Lives Matter, bam, Here's a check for fucking $100 million. But it's, it's, it's deeper than that. It's the idea of where, to me, while I love the donations, it's more along the lines of, you know, mentoring your black employees, mentoring your black artists, you know, I mean, making sure that, you know, this young, you know, this young dude who's got a viral hit is able to own his masters and isn't fucking just banished to some corner of the fucking the record label because fucking, you know, we don't know what to do with him outside of this one single. It's a matter of like, hey, those A&Rs that actually did the work and I are keying you into these new fucking some genres and, you know, this, this, you know, the forum of where these, you know, POC or queer or marginalized folks are making dope shit. Like that person gets moved up. It is not just called, you know, getting paid fucking shit money just to bring you new acts. It's something where you have to be accountable. And, like, I think that's where hopefully the changes has happened where because, again, we've been money's been flying around like fucking like like change for the past, you know, forever. But particularly like now is just like, you know, we realize with the corona, I think the, that, you know, money's never the problem. It's always will. It's like, you know, when, when out of like in my lifetime, I've never had a time when the government was on some like, bam, here's a thousand dollars, which is crazy to me. So it kind of shows you that it's not really necessarily money. It's about the, the willingness to kind of make those changes. And like going back to the idea of where all those black boxes, a lot of people were getting called out. It's very easy to kind of put the black box. It's very easy to say, hey, we're writing this check to Black Lives Matter. Those are great. Keep those things going. But I think it's a matter of looking at yourself and say, hey. How do I intersect with black people? How do I intersect with black culture? How do I intersect with black people, you know, as employees or as, you know, collaborators? And am I giving them a fair shake? And I think a lot of them have to really, really do some deep diving because I think that it's very easy to look at a video of somebody getting murdered, a snuff film, and say, you know, that's very bad. But it's harder for people to kind of make the same kind of, you know, connection of where, you know, I've got a position and rather than giving it to somebody who's qualified and a POC, I'm going to give it to Steve because Steve's my frat bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, they got to start making that connection. Oh, yeah. No, definitely, definitely. And, and I think, you know, it, it's, it's crazy for me um, because I had, like, a short stint in the music industry. Um, and spaces that I thought were, like, blacker than black. And I'm not going to call them out, but I walk in. Complex. Complex. Yes. <laughs> um, Sorry about that. I, I, I that no, that's okay. Shots. No, com- complex is one. Uh, shit. Uh, I'm not gonna say it. But there's another. There's another <laughs> uh, site. That site. Uh, <laughs> and y'all know what I'm talking about. Uh, I walked in there and I was like, "Oh snap! It's all white people who run the site, right?" And it's just you know, to me. That was such a shock when I moved to New York and realized like some of these sites that I really adored <laughs> were actually you know all white people and I was actually to you know I got that opportunity to go behind the curtain and kind of see that 
And it's very unnerving, right? It's very unnerving to kind of see um, all of this money generated off of, of black culture. Um, and it, it's, I, I feel like so many things have to change. Um, a lot of times, you know, like these sites are like, you know, held, you know, herald or, or run by white people because a lot of times like music is a risk, right? Creative industries are a risk. They require like a lot of capital, a lot of money, a lot of risk. And black people have been on, um, you know, on the short end of the stick in terms of like having capital, having equity, having all of these things. So, you know, the system was already kind of built up against us uh, from the jump, right? You know, like, look, I tried to create a media brand <laughs> and I ran out of money and I pretty much got bankrupt, right? Um, you know, I don't have a trust fund. You know, I didn't have like, you know, investors you know i try to go to silicon valley i try to like go to these places and i just was not a good old boy you know so i wasn't able to get in like i got in some of these rooms i got in a lot of these rooms but i didn't get deep enough into these rooms right um so and there's people i know who are white boys who got like money for failed things <laughs> that are not as popular as cow sessions <laughs> yeah right it's, it's- yeah. So, you and know, it, I, yeah. Yeah, no, no. And, and it sucks. And, it, and it's on all levels. So it's at that level. It's also on the basic idea of music generalism. It's, it's you know, the whole thing is you, you go, you get your job, you go to college, you write some articles, you're really into it, you're really in for the culture. You show up and it's like, here's your starting salary, fucking minimum wage. <laughs> you're a professional white collar job. And this is the barrier. And it's, it's like at a certain point, it's like, you know, it's very easy to kind of see the people who are able to, you know, like you said, rely on other means, a trust fund, you know, parents giving them money. It's something where, like I said, the system is set up against you. It's like, you know, you can kind of do all the right things and you show up and you've got a great idea, and but the money isn't there for you. Magically, it happens to be there for your white counterparts. You know, magically, it happened. They're they're able to get opportunities, leverage other places that you aren't able to to have yourself, and they're able to kind of thrive and stay in the business long enough to actually make money. But in the beginning, it's it's, it's stacked against us, and it kind of sucks because you've got like like you know you've got a lot of people who should be you know doing dope shit, and by the nature of the game, they can't. You know, they're forced to kind of like leave those dreams and you know figure out a way to make ends meet because we aren't really in those positions to kind of say fuck it, I could blow away fucking three four five years you know making minimum wage because fucking my parents are paying half my rent in this big city yeah no definitely definitely so i mean the, the whole system needs to change and again you know uh, i hope people continue to hold these companies to the fire right if you <laughs> it's, it's funny like um i i know there's a movement to um basically catalog all of the companies that said that Black Lives Matter. Yes. And then follow up in six months, right? Yes. And I feel like that, I mean, we basically have to follow up like every month, right? We basically have to say like, okay, cool. Hey, you know, in May you said like Black Lives Matter. Like, what are you doing, you know? Yes. Um, And I feel like that's going to be pretty interesting because on the music side and shit everywhere in America, but we're a music podcast, so we'll, we'll talk about music. The whole system needs to change. You know, the whole system needs to change from top to bottom. Um, you know, it, it's really interesting. 
that Republic Records came out and said that they're not going to use the term urban anymore um, to describe black music, which is really interesting, right? Um, because that's something where that's an actual meaningful change. Um, you know, a lot of black artists have, re- you know, been raising the alarm and kind of fighting about genre, right? Like Tyler the Creator, Santi Gold, you know, like like all these people have come out and said, like, you know, you call me urban, um, or you call me hip hop, or you call me rap, but there's no rap on this, there's no like, you know, whatever. Um, so I feel like we need to press people to 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 make meaningful change in the system, right? Um and I think, you know, having that said, you know, the, the Grammys are gonna be very interesting this year. The Grammys are gonna be I, you know, I'm going to have my you popcorn You say interesting? Out. I'm, interesting. I'm, it's going to be a shit show. Tear fucking. Like, it's going to. You know. Uh, <laughs> because that is literally the whitest. Well, not the whitest institution in entertainment. You know, that that's the Oscars. But, like, in terms <laughs> of music, they're the whitest, most backwards institution uh, in all of creative music, right? And, like. You know, again, like Republic Records saying they're not going to use the the term urban, right? What happens to urban contemporary, that whole category, (laughs) right? (laughs) Um, You know, like the Grammys are pretty much all about uh, meritocracy. It's about putting labels on people. It's about putting people in boxes. Um, It's about who you know. Um, it's about all the things that we're trying to dismantle in America. Uh, so that's going to be hella interesting, fam. Like, um, I'm looking, I could see it right now. You're going to have, you know, the musical melody. It'll be like Casey Musgraves is going to be Beck. It's going to be Common. It's going to be fucking Billie Eilish. And it's going to be an ode to black and proud fucking James Brown. <laughs> It, it's always got to be common. It's always got to be common. Common is the automatic. He's going to be out there. He's, he's going to do a little, little, little pro-black raps. It's always going to be common. Common is because it's like we need some black spoken word, but not too black. You know, we, you know we need some, some revolutionary hip-hop, but not too revolutionary. Yeah, not too revolutionary. No, no Kendrick. We can have no Kendrick. But Common, right in that sweet spot. Uh, and and it, yeah, it's... Like, like I said, it's I, I am ha- and we've discussed this. You know, I don't want to be that pessimistic guy. But going back to like you said, the idea of keeping these guys accountable, going back in to check in a couple of months later, I just hope that it's very easy to talk to talk. You know, you could all go into our little, you know, photoshops, put a little black square, type that in. You know, I guess what, what would that be? White guilt fonts. Type it up in white guilt fonts. Black Lives <laughs> Matter and post it up is the idea of where, you know, long term, what are we doing for me? Long term. Let me see your let me see your C level board. Let me see how much you're paying these artists. Let me see how much you're paying these employees. Let me see your mentorship. Let me see some shit. You know what I'm saying? That's what I went looking for in my life. So yeah, that's what's happening there. The class. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I've been speaking a lot and you know, again, I'm I'm getting my popcorn out. You know, I'm gonna start holding some of these companies' feet to the fire. Um, I'm, I'm sure everybody's listening. They'll, we'll do the same. Um, and look, look, we, we are at this weird precipice where like everybody's listening. <laughs> where like, like even white people are like, oh shit, like, like this is messed up. 
you know, black people are struggling. Oh my goodness. Like I didn't know that two weeks ago, you know? So <laughs> we're at this weird place where a lot of this stuff is happening. So I, I look, I, I just hope that we, we continue to make real change. Like why not? So, yeah, you got, you got nothing else to lose. And we got plenty of times in our hands. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that, that's, that's why all this shit is popping off. We have nothing else to lose. Like, it's like, it's, it's <laughs> like we've, we've all watched all the Netflix shows. We've done all the puzzles. It's just like, what else can we try? Activism. That'll be a fun hobby. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we're going to talk about the reason we have this podcast. Music. New music. New music. Uh, I guess we'll start off with one that came out a couple of weeks ago. It's Mr. Gibbs uh, and Mr. Alchemist. It's a record named after a favorite meal of mine, Alfredo. Yeah, so this is uh, Freddie Gibbs' follow-up album to Bandana with uh, Mad Lib. And then prior to that, uh, I think it was Fetty with uh, Alchemist as well. And, you know, Freddy has found his lane, dude. Like, I I feel like this just kind of, this album just like kind of fits like a glove. It's Freddy Gibbs spitting over like just nice boom bap hip hop beats, you know. Freddie Gibbs is like a plate of Alfredo. Like I feel like his voice is just like really rich and thick, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And I, I don't know. I, 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 you know, some people might say that he he's kind of repeating. He's trying to repeat what he he did with Madlib and like whatnot. But I don't know. Like I I I really enjoy his album. I really yeah. Yes, yeah. I feel, yeah, I feel like it's different. I feel like because of Mad Lib, because the thing about like of Alchemist is is at least current era Alchemist, and even back then, it's it's about it's a mooded atmosphere. He creates this like you know minimal minimal amount of drum work, you know, just like a eerie loop or maybe a, a jazzy loop, very 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 atmospheric, very driving around, you know, just just a vibe. Let's just say, um, I think of somebody like. Like you know, like Freddie, is he's such a great MC, and like just, just the technicality of the way he raps is great. So you give him that kind of palette, he'll just find new patterns, new flows. It's like almost it's like here, here's a here's a here's a painting, paint whatever you want. With Madlib, I felt like it's and and this is a good thing too. Madlib is also very much you know active as far as beats concerned, as far as as productions concerned, as far as different patterns, different this, different that. So it's almost like I guess with you know bandana is like gibbs and madlib kind of fighting to for you know to like like it's like almost like that one scene i think it was it was empty no it was mtv punked when basically they gave i think it was red man or they gave they gave basically a bad beat to somebody they had to rap over that bad beat the thing is madlib is such a comics producer that you give gibbs a beat and he's got to figure out a way to master it where as far as alfredo's concerned alchemist is somebody where it's like here i just gave you a palette you kind of work with it and that's what I kind of found like fascinating about this is the idea of where Gibbs was killing it just because he had so much space to kill it. He doesn't really have to adhere to any weird patterns because the way Alchemist produces is just like here. This is a vibe. Not to say that. And again, Madlib is a god. Madlib is great. But Madlib's beats tend to be kind of busy where 
Alchemist is totally different. Not that yeah. anyone is better than the other one, but it's like it's interesting to kind of see how he attacked it differently because, like, he was like some of this is like like the Scotty Beam song. You know, what I'm saying he's just dancing around bars. It's kind of it's a, it's almost like I try to think of what there. You know what I do it here? It's like it's like gymnastics. It's like you've got gymnastics where it's like you've got to go out there and you have to do the fucking, you know, you have to do your exact fucking choreographed moves. And you've got freestyle where it's just basically whatever the fuck you want. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's the difference between these two albums where you had one where it's very almost meticulously put together. And this one where it's just like we're just we're just rapping. Yeah, no, definitely. And and, and it's funny, too, because I I feel like uh, it's it's really interesting um, because Alfredo feels like more of a mixtape. Whereas Bandana kind of felt like like there's some time put into that album, and even with like the like all the videos with Bandana, they all kind of like stitched together and have this whole like cinematic like arc, you know, things like that. Whereas there's a lot of times where I feel like you know you could tell that all Freddie Gibbs was doing was watching Netflix and the ESPN Michael Jordan documentary. <laughs> I mean, he ref- he referenced that that ESPN documentary like five times. <laughs> you know, he referenced like Tiger King, like 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 you know, it was basically kind of like, "Yo, I'm quarantined." Like, uh, "Hey, Alchemist, you got some beats for me." Um, but having that said, it still felt super cohesive. It still felt like, uh, you know, a complete project. And I just feel like it's just, it, I feel like, like, it's just so interesting to me to see an artist like Freddie Gibbs kind of find his lane. And I feel like he's found his lane. Because, uh, you know, I, I started listening to some of the earlier Freddie Gibbs and him working with different pro- producers. And it sounds jarring to me now. Right? Like, I, I feel like he either now needs to work for uh, with Alchemist or Madlib, you know? Cause I, I, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just like, like let's let's take like really high quality beats. Let's take you know this kind of like, um, like you know storytelling, like drug, like whatever, like storytelling. Let's put that over it. Um, let's get people like like. Tyler and Rick Ross, uh, which I thought those features were great. You know, I yeah. thought the Rick Ross feature was great. I thought the Tyler feature was great. Um, you know, like I feel like everything kind of came together, and and just like Bandana was my favorite, one of my favorite albums of last year. This is becoming my favorite album of the year. I, I feel like if you like hip hop, like you, there's nothing wrong with it, like wrong with this album. I feel like it's just like a great hip hop album. And again, like it, it might sound like a mixtape, and I feel like it came together like a mixtape, but it just doesn't sound like it was rushed. It just sounds so natural and organic. Um, so yeah, even no, if, yeah, even if it was rushed, like I I can't really tell. Yeah, there's no weird clunkers. It's, it's not like there's anything where it's like, oh, here's this weird sample and fucking, you know, Freddie Gibbs is trying to do fucking Jamaican Patois. It's just fucking, it's just smooth from beginning to end. It's, just, it's infinitely playable. It's an album where, you know, I was riding around to it, it played and it started off again and I was like, fuck it, let it ride. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing, it's just a nice piece of work and, you know, props to them. Like, it's, it's, it's something where you've got somebody who's been rapping for a long time, a producer who's been producing for a long time. They're both in their zone. They're both in their bag, and they came together and made a dope record. So, you know, props to them. Yeah, yeah. definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, and uh, 
The next one is, I'll, I'll start this one off, Run the Jewels. Speaking of people who've been <laughs> rapping and producing for a whole time, check that segue. So uh, so this is the fourth record. Um, I won't say they're controversial, but you've got, you know, you've got Killer Mike, you know, a rapidly rap dude from the Outcast camp, you know, linked up with LP, who's basically one of the big overlords of New York City underground where he's never really bubbled up, but you know, you know, Def Chucks, Company Flow, it's, it's, it's his world renowned as far as being like that. The, the, and and it, it sounds kind of snarky just because we've, we've over the years, we've made it a bad term, but like, as far as the idea of backpack rap, like he's the alpha and omega, like it begins oh, yeah. and ends with him. Oh yeah. And then, you know, I was, I've been a fan, you know, I won't say I was the biggest Company Flow fan, I, although I did like them, but for me, it was more his single when he, when, you know, some of the Jeff Jeff Jucks records. I started listening to him more and more. But for me, his single record rap run when he was just doing fucking solo albums, like a lot of those I liked because production wise, I thought they were great. Um, the the themes were very. Dis- I mean, a lot of the themes were basically like about now. Like he had a song called Drones over over Brooklyn. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's very paranoia, very fucking the states out to get you. Things that make sense now. And, you know, I, I, I even saw this organically because I remember around this time is when I started going to a lot more hip hop shows after a little indie rock run. And so I saw a tour where he produced Killer Mike's Reagan record. And then, you know, they would kind of had the set where it was him, uh, Mr. Motherfucking Esquire. I forget who else opened up. And they would kind of like, you know, help each other out in different songs. And you kind of saw the collaboration kind of building in real time. And what's. I think the most surprising thing about this album isn't necessarily that it's popular among a segment of people, is the fact of where they crossed over in a weird fucking way, yeah. where they're like a stadium-ass act, and it's kind of grown over time, where, you know, the first one comes out, and it's very cool, you know, Run the Jewels number one, it's an adult swim, and it's got a little buzz, but now they're kind of like, you know, Killer Mike is out there with Bernie Sanders, fucking LP is getting called to fucking soundtrack fucking movies, they're kind of a big deal. So it's kind of interesting to kind of see this record kind of come out because at this stage in the game, I'm not going to say that they're big enough to kind of let it go, but they're definitely like, you know, I can't think of, I mean, probably one of the biggest hip hop festival acts out there. Oh, I can't yeah. think of anybody. Yeah, like, like, like oh, obviously, yeah, you'll always have a Travis Scott, you'll always have your Kendrick, you'll always have these big name acts, but like they play Coachella and their their name isn't necessarily in the small tiny font in the bottom. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. And I and I think it's the idea of the way they do it is because aesthetically, kind of you know, a lot of heavy 808s, a lot of boom bap, a lot of almost industrialist production. But I think because of the way LP kind of flips it, it's also oddly enough, and I, and it only hit me a lot of EDM kind of things. Oh yeah, a lot of yeah, because it's like a lot of the industrial things will since will kind of drop, and it's like oh shit, it's just like it, it doesn't really make you think of fucking Avicii or fucking Calvin Harris, but if you're a young kid who kind of you know who's grown up on EDM, you kind of show up there and you've got these 808 hits kind of coming at you very bassy and then fucking a weird synth kind of comes in and it kind of hits that same part of your brain. So I was like, all right, this makes sense of why they're so huge because, you know, they've got this crossover where, you know, if you grew up in hip hop, grew up on EDM, grew up on going to festivals, this is them right there. So this is kind of like, you know, like this is a, this is be a, like, I won't say a no brainer, but this is kind of them kind of doing what they do well. For me, I liked it a lot. I won't say I loved it. Some of them I thought were a little some near misses. There was one track that had a Gang of Four sample, which I thought was a little cheesy and a little bit too on the nose. <laughs> um, but it's just like, you know, it's just them kind of rapidly rapping. Um, 
obviously it kind of takes a while to kind of get used to it because you know one of the big things about the project itself kind of like i mentioned how lp his solo records were very much about like you know socioeconomic issues living in new york city the rich getting richer yada 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 where run the jewels kind of takes that basic idea kind of makes it more revolutionary where killer mike is calling for you to kind of you know go out there and throw molotov cocktails where at the same time <laughs> as we've all seen tends to have to have his own conservative streak at times when it comes to gun ownership when it comes to business ownership. So it's it was kind of an interesting record to kind of drop where, you know, very, very revolutionary, but at the same time, there's a certain level of, I mean, and and I, for lack of a better term, cheesiness to the whole fucking kind of thing. You know, there's, it's it's like, it's it's a, it's revolutionary, but with a, with, a, with a slight, a slight wink at the audience. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, you know, it, it's really interesting. Like, I'm not a huge Run the Jewels fan, um, and a lot of that is just because of the fan base. It's like young white kids who like this is probably like the only hip hop they listen to. Um, you're right, where it's like it's a lot of EDM crowd and a lot of people who probably would be into punk music or like indie rock and like whatever. Like they they they've been able to craft this really interesting festival crowd. Yes, um, that I find to be very annoying. Um, <laughs> can't stand those folks you know and i'm just like i I, i've seen them run the jewels live like they put on a really good show and so funny thing is like me you know i'm not a huge fan i'll listen to a run the jewels album and i'll probably never come back to it but i'll listen to a run the jewels like song and i'm like oh snap this knocks um and i was just like oh snap you know so they they make good music they have a really amazing sound I'm actually not mad at the whole Run the Jewels project because you have two rappers who solo, they were never like the biggest thing, right? Like people know about Killer Mike, but like Killer Mike was not the high, like the biggest thing to come out of Atlanta. People know about like LP, but he's definitely not the like the biggest thing to come out of New York, right? Um, so their solo careers were fledgling and they were able to put something together as a as a, this, this like unlikely duo that that knocks and i can't even be mad at that you know um i'm just not the biggest fan uh, but again like like they their music gets used a lot in like like uh in tv shows and stuff and i'm just like and i i go back to them um i don't know if you've seen like the, the third season of ozark but like there's a run the jewels song at a pivotal moment that was like perfect timing you know? oh no way shit yeah um, and so, uh, without giving away any spoilers, but, um, but yeah, I, you know, this album, Run the Jewels 4, it's probably my, it's, a lot of people were saying it's their best album to date, and I kind of see that. Um, the biggest thing about Run the Jewels is, like, you, you do have this, like, revolutionary streak, but lots of, like, dick jokes and lots of, like, you know, kind of sophomoric humor, which, again, like, is great. For like a sixteen-year-old white kid, right? But <laughs> dude, I'm pushing forty. You know, living <laughs> a black man living in Brooklyn. Um, you know, so I was just kind of like, eh, you know, like whatever. Um, I felt like there's a little bit more maturity here in this album, um, but also too like amazing collaborations. Um, Ooh la la! I, I really love like Greg Knight, like DJ Premier. That beat is insane. Um, and again, I'm a, I'm a boom bap hip hop dude. So I love that. Uh, Zach De La Rocha rapping and still having it. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on that track, just like like that to me, I was like, oh, snap. Again. Like he walked out of 92. Like he literally just teleported yo, in angry as fuck. <laughs> yo, I'm like, yo, where are you, dude? Like, like, why? Like, where's the Rage Against Machine <laughs> album? Like, come on, fam. Like, this is your time. Like, you weren't even, <laughs> the people weren't even ready for you back in like 94, right? <laughs> like, 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 this oh, is your God. Time. If they came out now, oh, it'd be, they'd, they'd have to ban it. That did have to actually ban oh, dude, fucking. Like, like, oh, their shows, it'd be fucking, oh, no. You know, um, but, like, uh, but, yeah, I, was, I, I feel like uh, subject matter-wise, less dick jokes, like, jokes, like, a little bit more, I, I would say, mature. Production-wise, it's it's funny because it's the same type of boom-bap production um, that you're kind of used to, but it just seems crisper. It seems a little bit more evolved in, in this weird way. Um, and it's an album I, I, I'm kind of having on repeat, um, which I've not really had that with previous Run the Jewels albums. So I, I think they've completely leveled up here. Um, you know, it's definitely something that is probably right now going to end up like pretty high on my list of, of 2020 albums. And again, it's just, you know, it's just something where you're seeing these artists and just to bring us back to Freddie Gibbs, you're seeing these artists who they're perfecting their craft, right? Um, yeah. You know, like they like they're like, you know what? I'm not going to do something super crazy, but I I know this game like so like so well um, that I'm just you know I'm just going to continue to do what I do. I'm going to always continue to iterate it, um, but you know like why change? Yeah, I feel like it. it yeah. It's you hit a great point. It's hip hop of a certain age. You've got these dudes who, who across the board are masters, like Alchemist, you know, LP, Freddie Gibbs, Killer Mike. These are A plus fucking rappers. These are like rappers, rappers. These are shit where you know for for like years now. So it's kind of interesting where you know the idea of hip hop being a very young man's game. You've got these dudes who definitely have the fucking the the. I guess that uh, how would I say it? The, the, not the, the advantage, basically the advantage of time, and 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 basically knowing how they work and knowing what doesn't work, and kind of sitting into a pattern where it is kind of able to kind of like you know this is what we do, this is how we're doing it. I've been doing this for years. Let this rock. And like I said, it goes back to the idea of where, and like I said, even with Freddie Gibbs being comfortable, it sounds effortless. Like nothing here feels forced. Oh, yeah. There's nothing really crazy. Like, I know I kind of dissed the fucking Gang of Four sample, but even that is kind of like a silly, stupid thing. It's like, it's almost like, like it's even though I'm pretty sure all this required a lot of work, at the end of the day, it sounded like it just went into the booth, you know, 10 beats, boop, wrapped it out, and walked out, and that's about it. Had a fucking Pepsi. Chill. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely, definitely. And, and it's funny, I, I need to put this, this, this line in, you know, um, Rick, you know, like, like, um, like Run the Jewels to me has always been kind of the Rick and Morty of hip hop. I love that line. Love it. <laughs> love it. And you know, Rick and Morty is another show that I, I couldn't, I just can't get into. Like I, I tried, I could just cannot get into. Um, and I kind of felt like felt like felt that way with Run the Jewels. Um, and again, like they they they've been able to kind of like take that same mentality that they've had from like one Run the Jewels one. Um, and again, like just like take it and level it up. And I, I feel like that to me 
is harder to do than to just like scrap everything and and like try something new, right? Because that's that's easy to do, right? Like like you, you know, even them like trying to rap over Alchemist beats, right? Like <laughs> yeah, that that's that's something they can do like fairly easily. Um, but no, like they're taking their same sound and just like leveling it up, which I feel like is uh, it, it's it's a lot. It's, it's it's really hard to to pull off successfully. So hmm. yeah, props so to props, them. Yeah, so, yeah, two two great hip hop records. Yeah, so that's that's about it, man. You know, um, oh yeah, back to our fundraising. Like we said, we take checks, PayPal, Venmo, Cash, Zelle, Cash App, find this somebody. Is stone. But okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Dude, you 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 gotta take advantage of the moment, fam. <laughs> oh man, they did they, they know where to find me. I'll take, I'll take any any and all things, any and we, all donations. We, we, we are two struggling black boys. Yes, please adopt me. I, I want a rich family to come and adopt me. Rich white family at my age. <laughs> Anyway, actually, don't do that. Donate to to, to the Bell Fonds. Donate to Black yes, Lives absolutely. Matter. Like, and we'll throw that in the link. Yeah, give yeah. give give cash out to who really matters and who's really finding the shit. And if you're in a position of power and a non person of color and you've got a little bit of influence, make sure you help somebody up behind you, motherfuckers. Yeah, speak up. Like like yeah. put people of color in positions of power. Please, 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 please. Yep. And on that note. Reg and Stoner, we love you, motherfuckers. Stay safe, stay corona free, and stay, I don't know. Stay black. Put your cop in the face. Stay, stay, <laughs> stay black. Either and if you're not, put your cop in the face. Either or. <laughs> if you're a minority, stay safe. If you're a white ally, just punch one. Yeah, trust me. It, you'll get out like fucking is 24 hours. Small, small fine. I know how this works. <laughs> All right, people. Peace. Peace.